good. You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and today I've got a real one, man. Nick uh, from Break the Cycle. Shout out, Nick. What's going on, dude? Uh, I'm so happy to have him on the show. Uh, Nick hit me up after the episode with Anchit, the MH Chaos uh, Sector episode, Hold My Own. Uh, shout out, Anchit. And he was basically like, yo, I know this band. I know these dudes, and and I really uh, like what you're doing with the show. And I was like, hey, man, I really like what you're doing with your band, and uh, we should organize something, and you should come on. I would love to talk about it. Um, and, you know, he was like, yeah, hell yeah, and we did it, like, a couple days later. That's what I love about this, man. This is so cool just to uh, make connections and stuff. You know, like, before, I mean, like, I'm the kind of person that, like, I like to reach out to people, and I like to talk talk to people and get to know them and stuff like that. But I didn't always have a premise other than, like, hey, man, your band's awesome, blah, blah, blah. But, like... Now I kind of have a reason to like talk to people and get to know people. And it's really fun to be honest. I mean, um, there's so many interesting characters out there. There's so many interesting people that are contributing to hardcore in different ways. And they all come from different backgrounds and they all are into different types of music. So the things that you're going to hear me and Nick talk about are, I mean, probably a lot of the same things that your average listener of this show is into. Um, but you know, a lot of new metal, a lot of, um, like mainstream metal type stuff too. Um, it, it's just a really cool discussion between, you know, two guys that love heavy metal and hardcore. Um, Nick is just, like I said, he's a real one. He's dedicated to this. He's booking bands. He's, um, you know, on the road with break the cycle. They're doing good things. The band is cool. I've talked to him and I've talked to uh, their guitar player, Orlando, the other ones, I uh, Dagan, Ryan and ACE, I think. And I don't know them yet, but I'm sure that our paths will cross eventually. Um, break the cycle is doing awesome things. So, you know, we got to support them. We want to rep break the cycle hard. Um, you can find break the cycle at, uh, on Instagram at break the cycle three, one, two. And then if you want to find their music, obviously you can find them on like Spotify and iTunes and stuff. It's just break the cycle. Um, but their Bandcamp link is going to be break the cycle. Three, one, two dot bandcamp.com. So plenty of places uh, to listen to them. If you punch it in on YouTube, break the cycle, Chicago, their videos come right up. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely a band that you're going to want to be looking out for because uh, they hit hard. They come out strong um, you know, straight from the first EP, I've got, you know, I've got nothing bad to say about them. Like I always say, uh, about bands on this show, man, you know, just nothing but positivity going out their way. Um, you know, thanks again, Nick, for the time. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody that makes time because, you know, I know you've got stuff going on in your life and you've got things that you want to do, but, uh, you take two hours of your day to spend with me. I really appreciate it. So uh, without further ado, I'm actually going to play a song uh, by Break the Cycle for you. And the song is going to be called Unleashed. That's gonna that's uh, off of their EP. And I think it's just a self-titled EP. But you can find it on Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify, all of the above. At Break the Cycle 3121 on Instagram. Uh, here it is, Unleashed by Break the Cycle and my interview with Nick.
right, what's good? You're on with Matt. I'm here with Nick from Break the Cycle and 25 other bands. And Nick from Chicago <laughs> Land. What's going on, bro? Not much, dude. Uh, I'm chilling. I'm, I'm excited to be here. And that's usually how most people go, like, oh, yeah, you're in the Break the Cycle. I'm like, what are they again? I'm like, I don't feel like going into it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, 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 just for the beginning of the just for the beginning of the show here. So like, I know you through break the cycle. We just kind of like started talking and sending music back and forth and bullshitting and shit like that. And then, um, I mean, I guess you're a drummer. You play drums in some other bands. You, um, you know, is this the only band that you're a vocalist for? Yeah. Um, that's it. Uh, I only sing for break the cycle. And then, uh, I play drums for 18th amendment which mm-hmm. is one of my vintage bands. I play drums for this band uh, called The Claim that mm-hmm. I do as well, also new. And then uh, I play guitar in uh, in two death metal bands, uh, Virulent Excision and Vile Secretion. Damn, Virulent yeah. Excision. Uh, dude, okay. <laughs> you gotta love the names. Do you have no. the logos that can't, you, do you have the unreadable logo? We, so like we had a logo that was like, it was pretty legible. And then uh, our good friend Steve Crow from the band Condemned did one. And then we turned into the, yeah, if you know what it is, you'll know what, what it yeah, is. But, what is that smudge over there? That's hilarious. I just saw the, um, I, I think I said this already, but I'll say it again. Um, I saw the flyer for Maryland Death Fest and yeah. every single band on there it just looks like tree roots like growing out of different parts of the flyer like i don't know i bet these bands are awesome but i don't know who any of them are yeah no like i i my, my, like when i was in high school and i was like in the in the death metal and like trying to find the most like extreme and obscure music yeah if, uh, if i couldn't read your logo i was a fan and there was a chance i was gonna buy your shirt right <laughs> i was well, i was I, and then you read it and you're like, how the hell does this say insert amnation fectomy recognition? <laughs> I don't fucking know what this says, dude. What were uh, some of the first like death metal or black metal bands or anything like that that you got into? Uh, well, like, so I got into death metal when I was in like fifth, sixth grade, I want to say. And uh, I was watching. Um, I was watching Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I was going to ask, how does a fifth grader get into death metal? He watches Ace Ventura. And like, fucking, they started playing Hammer Smash Face and Jim Carrey's all, and I was like, okay. I'm like, this hits though. This kind of hits. Yeah. It was over. It was uh, Cannibal Corpse, uh, DSI, Dying Fetus, Suffocation, you know, all the, all the heavy slammers that, as you can see, like, now now being in the hardcore it's like oh there's there's clearly a correlation you know that Mm -hmm. it fits yeah i think um probably for me it was definitely like cannibal corpse but i got into the black metal stuff before i really got into death metal like i kind of went deep into black metal and then went backwards uh into death metal like old school death metal but i got really into dying fetus too that band is unmatched and obituary big time too Oh yes, dude. Ob- mm-hmm. Like obituary is uh I feel like obituary is one of those bands where like it even if you're not into like all of like the crazy like grotesque like technical death metal, mm-hmm. obituary has got a song or two that's like you're like, yeah, like this oh, yeah. like this goes hard. So no no matter what, like yeah. And then like with black metal too, like I like bands like uh 
like Immortal, the solo Abbott's record, Dark Funeral, um, even a little bit of Dark Throne, even though it sounds like it's recorded on a potato. Some some Dude, black metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the solo uh Abbott's record, um, that like double bass two-step intro at the beginning yes. of that. Uh, oh my god. That like I, when I heard that, I was like, okay, this whole album better be this good. And it was like, it, was. it just keeps up. I don't know what he did. I mean, he has this, like, he has this weird way of like infusing rock and roll into like black metal that just doesn't yeah. sound like anybody else. It's insane. Yeah. I, uh, that record came out when I was, uh, that, that first solo one he did after he parted ways with Immortal. uh, yeah. like, <clears throat> I think I was like a junior or a uh, or a uh, probably a senior actually, and I listened to the first the first couple songs and I was like, cool. But it's that third song that uh, with that ashes of the dam that's got that so like, mm -hmm. yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then it just fucking comes. Like, I'm like, dude, this is fucking intense. I yeah. was in in. I love the way that the recording sounds too, because it's yes. obviously it's really high quality, but. I mean, there's just like, I don't even know. There's something rock and roll about the way that they recorded it. You know what I mean? The drums yeah. sound real, sound like real drums. Yeah, no doubt. And he's so tight too. King, oh my God. King, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's an insane drummer. 100%. Anybody that's ever looked at his track record knows that too. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. That's how I, that's how I feel about uh, Nils Dominator who used to be in uh, Dark Funeral and now he's in 1349. Huh. That fucking dude, when he, uh, I watched a, li a live video of him playing drums and he's just like hitting those drums with so much force and oh, velocity yeah. at like 250 BPM, just fucking with mm -hmm. one hit, nothing. And I'm like, dude, I quit. I don't, I don't want to play drums anymore. I'm over it. I'm, who, I are your, my drum. who are your big drum heroes? Uh, Mike Smith from Suffocation. You're, we're going to talk, we're probably going to talk about Suffocation a lot because that's mm -hmm. just like, that's the band for me. Um, I'd say Mike Smith from Suffocation, uh, Dave Lombardo uh, from Slayer. And then um, uh, obviously, as most people my age at 24, Joey Jordison from Slipknot, you yeah. undeniably did. He did so much, not just for like heavy music, obviously, because Joey was a writer for Slipknot back in the day as well, but just like kind of pushing like heavy drums to the forefront of like, mainstream like popular metal yeah. you know what 100 he was the first guy doing crazy double bass and blast beats and all these crazy fills that was like playing on the radio still mm -hmm. yeah and even his side projects got big which was weird murder like go ahead and say that again it cut off the murder dolls amazing fucking punk rock band it was great i actually um i was just singing that song we watched the exorcist like two nights ago and i was just uh -huh. singing that song about how he falls in love with the girl from the exorcist that song is so catchy but that that whole album um i can't remember what it was called now but that uh, album was insane the song yeah. is love at, the song is love at first fright and that record is beyond the valley of the murder dolls yes dude yeah. that record my, my mom showed me that when i was in like sixth or seventh grade she i was listening to slipknot and she's like you you know that drummer you love is also in another band and i was like what and she fucking played it with that drum when i saw you piss oh, i love yeah, it dude. dude it's so good yeah um i used to think too that wednesday 13 was like mad corny and oh 
I mean, he is, but like, don't get me wrong. But like the older I get, um, I have more, like, I have a huge appreciation for what that guy does because of like how much goes into like just everything. I mean, if you ever watch any of his live videos or any of his music videos or shit, I mean, his production is off the chain. Oh yeah. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, and that's a, not to clown on people who are into it. Cause I have friends that are like super goth and super into the horror stuff. So like I get it. And, and to a degree, like I, I do feel like it is mad corny, but like when you look at the, 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 the attention to detail and the care that people like musicians like that are into and what they do with their, with their production and their music, like it's pretty, it's a lot more in depth than the, than like myself who's like, yeah, that's an angry hardcore riff. That's fine. That'll work. You know what I mean? It, it's so the theatrics behind it are something that make it uh, truly special. And I think that's what makes them stand out, even if it is, in, to my, in my opinion, a bit, a bit cornball. Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. And so like, so that covers Jordison. Um, and obviously I think anybody listening to this probably knows his Slipknot work. Um, what's your favorite uh, Lombardo like era or performance? Um, well, I mean, obviously Dave Lombardo being in Slayer, I mean, anybody that, anybody that knows Slayer understands like the, the importance of that band. But I, I think one of my biggest draws to Dave Lombardo was the record, uh, Seasons in the Abyss, just because like that record has so much like fast, like aggressive, uh, drumming on it, but they kind of like like for me seasons in the abyss is like the best of like rain and blood and south of heaven where they have like the fast aggression and like the quick shit like rain and blood but then they have like the more like slower groovy parts like south of heaven and like yeah. dave lombard work is some of the hardest like tom work to impersonate or even like like if you're gonna do a slayer cover your odds are you're gonna spend more times trying to learn the fill than you are like learning the rest of the song because they're so just fast creative and it's all triple so it's just all fucking accent work so Do that again hey it's all accent work <laughs> no i know it's just the, <laughs> just bounce right into it <laughs> i'm sorry yeah I, I i don't know i think i got something i i i feel like ricky bobby i'm like i don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> i love it um yeah I, my favorite was god hates us all and that was um i was 11 when god hates us all came out it, on 9-11 2001 and yeah, um I, and that threw me back into like i was like okay this is the best metal band ever i have to check i mean you know yeah. he he was discussing on there and then obviously i mean everything through the 80s and the 90s you know he he's such a legend i would probably i'm not a drummer but i would probably say um lombardo has to be if not my favorite metal drummer you know top yeah. three so it's it's funny you bring that up because uh, on that record it's uh, Paul Bostaff who actually was in okay. Testament. But yeah. but the thing about that that record though is like it's such a different Slayer vibe, mm -hmm. and it and it still works. It's still heavy for Slayer. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I agree. Even the drumming on that record's sick, and like I think the way Lombardo plays those songs live is like way better than what Bostaff was doing anyway. Yeah. So like, but, really okay. So this is where I get confused because Bostaff played for Testament and then Gene Hoagland uh, stepped in and replaced him. Um, 
and it was was it at that time when Bostaff was playing for Slayer? Uh, I believe so because so like Bostaff was in the band, and then Lombardo finally came back, and they did that. What was that that World Pain of Blood or Christ Illusion yes. record? And then they got into it while Bostaff was in Testament, and then I think Test he was taking a break. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think he went from Testament straight to Slayer. I think he like took a break, uh-huh. and rejoined the band, and yeah, I don't know. I I as much as I love Slayer, I have problems with the way that that band went out. Like, how are you gonna do your final goodbye without the fucking guy? You're already missing Jeff. Like, right. at least let Dan get out. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I thought, I thought Slayer kind of went too soon. I actually, um. I have a feeling that it has something more to do with Tom's ability to perform because like, I don't know. I mean, if you watch him as he's gotten older, um, he just, he has something going on. I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could be completely wrong. You still with me? Yeah, I'm with you. I can hear you. I, okay, I think cool. going being dumb. I don't know. Yeah, I know this is this is the internet. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I felt like the reason that they cut it short had something to do with Tom. Um, Carrie obviously still kills it. They had Gary Holt stepping in. Um, yeah, like everybody else seemed to be okay, but I don't know. Maybe they just maybe they just hit their limit. You know, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to agree with you on that. I think uh, you know, I I saw Slayer for the first time when I was like fucking 13 14 years old and it was like sick but it's still it's like okay like these guys have been doing this for like 30 years and then i saw them when they did their like farewell tour and then i was like damn like my boy tom he he up there looking kind of rough you know what i mean he you know yeah like and and like he also you know you're a vocalist so you can understand but like the way that that guy screams and the way that he attacks like is a full body. I mean, I don't even understand how Tom performs live, like, especially at his age. I'm not just like, I'm not jocking his shit because he's old. Like I, I, I'm all about it, but like, I just don't, I don't understand how he does it. It's, it's insane. Like you would, you would have to almost believe that you have the devil running through your body to like perform. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Tom Mariah, famous Catholic, like in satanic slayer has the devil running through his body <laughs> if the shoe fits right yeah i mean I, I get it i mean i completely agree you know i've seen a lot of bands where i'm like okay like it's not i, I love seeing it you're gonna do it till you die but at a certain point it's also like dude like you're you may be going out but i don't think you're going out on top anymore but who knows maybe i'm gonna be that guy where people are gonna be like oh they're gonna watch me at a cafe and be like yo this guy needs to stop and i'm like i'm sorry this is all i have left <laughs> well like okay so quick story real quick and i'm not just flexing but this is a really cool story um i had a friend who played in a band that was touring with testament and lamb of god no big, no big deal at all no big deal no big deal <laughs> but so this friend of mine gets us backstage and he's like yo um do you ever hear the band huntress yeah okay so he played in huntress and he he got us backstage and he was like he was like i got a surprise for you you gotta like you gotta wait like five minutes and just stay like in this room we'll be back i'm like all right so he leaves comes back with chuck billy 
and Gene Hoagland and they have an apple and we, he, they wanted to smoke weed out of the apple. And I was like, hell yeah. I mean, like when in Rome, like Gene Hoagland wants to smoke weed with me out of an apple, like I'm going to do that. Um, but the, the reason that I'm actually saying that is because like these dudes face to face, these old metal dudes who have been doing it for 40 years and they've just been like living on the road for 40 years. I mean, you know how hard Testament hustles. Um, yeah. It is it's it's insane to look at them and see like just like god what have you been through like what how are you still doing this i yeah. you know i don't understand it it's it's a lifestyle that like you really have to be a rock star like in your blood to want to live that life and to be able to i mean you know hoagland's an insane drummer he played for death clock and he played for yeah. uh dark angel and you know a bunch of really cool shit it's not like it's not like your normal job where you go in and you have to do something skilled like it's like intense and it has to get harder as you get older i mean i know that these guys are built up and and you know they've got insane chops but like come on you're playing in testament like in in your late 50s that's got to be an insane that's a that's a feat you know i don't care who you are yeah, no, like I completely agree. Like I, I've seen like, OK, like I think I think another great representation of something like that is like, how the hell is Judas Priest still playing? Yeah, I and, completely and Rob, agree. And Rob Halford, I, I just recently saw Judas Priest for the very, very first time. Uh, I went to the last Louder Than Life and I was like, man, like I've never seen Priest and it's a festival. So who knows how good it's going to sound? And this motherfucker just comes out and like they, they, they he was killing it all night. And then like they were going to close with painkiller. And that's like my favorite Judas Priest song. I don't give a fuck how, how oh, yeah, of course you do. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's a great it's song. Fucker. It's a ripper. <laughs> and over here, like I'm just waiting for that, like that, that solo scream. That, ah! I can't even do it. I'm not even going to try anymore. <laughs> but that like that solo scream and I'm waiting for it. And this dude just hits it. And I was I for a second, I'm like, he's got to be lip syncing, dude. And it's no like oh, yeah. so to, to yeah, for these guys and Testament, especially Chuck Billy doing the vocals and Gene Hoglin just being a, a fucking machine. Like, I, I agree. I, th I think it takes a it takes a special different type of person, different type of musician to to literally be playing music for 80, 80 to 85 percent of how long you've been alive and to just keep going and just going. I just I, I'll yeah. I, I hope one day I get it. I, you know, obviously, that's the that's what we're trying to do. That's the dream. But like if I can, I'll I I yeah, I'll give all of my heroes more credit than they already fucking have because that's just intense. That's insane. Yeah, dude, I know. And I, I was just seeing um, Hatebreed just announced a support slot with um, Anthrax and Black Label Society is the tour. So it's Anthrax, BLS, and Hatebreed. And Anthrax is another one. I mean, BLS too, but like Anthrax is another one of these bands that they get up there. Have you Have you ever seen Anthrax? Dude, I've seen Anthrax probably on the better side of like 12 times. I fucking love that band. Yeah. And it's it's just like it, it's like a marvel to watch them. I mean, it's insane, you know, just their singer alone, how he performs, how tiny the guy is, too. I mean, oh, my God, he's a stick. He's, a, he's like the size <laughs> of he's a little ass dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, 
but they went out, they killed it in 50 minutes and left everybody's jaws dropped. There was a couple hits that they didn't even play. You know, like as soon as they left the stage, everybody wanted them back. And I was like, man, like these guys are just the definition of professional in this game. Like yeah. they just know what to do and they do it well. I saw, I saw Anthrax um, with fuck. It was like, it was like the, one of the last mayhem festivals. It was uh, Anthrax on the side stage. And then it was, it was like Motorhead Slayer and Slipknot in like the big room. It was like, right when Slipknot first got back after like Paul Gray died. And I had been like super into Anthrax um, and like, you know, playing drums and shit, getting into them and like watching those guys live, just come out and be like, all right, you know, I know you guys had fun watching like Machine Head and Whitechapel or whatever, but it's like, here's how it's done. And they were just like fucking ridiculous. Like they they did, a, they even did a NFL and they like never do that song live. Yeah. And like, dude, when I tell you that fucking mosh pit of like old dudes just erupted, like it made all of the deathcore kids that were going hard prior it just like put them to shame. So I think that's another great thing about like older bands that are just like beyond tight as they can get. Like if you're an older band and you're playing, you know, to a, to an older crowd, that's usually just standing there with the $15 Budweiser beer. And you can get that guy to act like he's 18 again. You're, you got it. That's yep. the, that's the boss right there. You got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, that's exactly it. Um, and I think that, I think that we have a good bit of bands now that are younger, um, you know, that I think are going to be able to be legacy bands. A lot of the cool deathcore bands, like the bigger ones, went on to kind of get to that legacy band point where, you know, they're going to be able to headline shows for the rest of their career as long as, you know, they choose to have it. Um, I was never really into deathcore, but which is weird. I'm into death metal and hardcore and black metal and all that stuff. You'd think that deathcore would kind of like go right in there, but there's a lot of those bands that like, I always, I don't know. I just wasn't my thing. And then now that I'm seeing how like well received and well, liked they are like a great example is like job for a cowboy. Um, oh, and you love that band. I uh, do hard that, that, that band I don't know how a deathcore band goes from being like a crazy MySpace band to being this like crazy intense, like almost like tech death with breakdowns band, but that band did nothing but get better and better and better. And like, yeah, that's a hard band, whether people want to clown on them for that in two minute of the machine, little sound or whatever the fuck it's, it's, that's a band. That's a hard band right there. Yeah. And, and like, that's a, that's a perfect example of a band that like I would have otherwise never gotten into, they would have just went under my radar or whatever, but I've seen, I've seen their shit for 20 years now or however, you know, like, cause I remember the MySpace deathcore bands and stuff and they just, you know, job for a cowboy is still huge. You got to respect the game, you know, <laughs> like call them a hot topic band or not. Like, you know, got to respect the game. I saw them live at a uh, at a fuck at at a Mayhem Fest I went to. It was like their last one before they they like took this long, whether you want to call it hiatus or breakup, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And like I I wasn't like completely into like deathcore at the moment. I would think I think it was probably going into like like eighth grade. And uh, 
they started playing and at first i was like oh dude like this isn't it's not it's, i was like thrash or die kid and then i just also fucked with new metal um so like i was watching them and then i was just like and like these kids were just killing each other and like crowd surfing and just like i was like dude like this band is intense and then i they were like the first band to like kind of like get me into the deathcore thing yeah um and uh yeah no like job job for a cowboy forever a hard band and uh I uh, just, you know, I wish they would do something. I would go. I don't give a fuck how, however many metal or hardcore points I lose for that, whatever. Like I would talk for a cowboy live right now, and I they'd be better than a lot of other bands that everybody dick rides. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. I completely I, and and like that's kind of like that's another thing is me like personally evolving as a person. I guess like getting older and more mature and like under because I used to clown on shit like that all the time. And I mean, at the end of the day, like you just have to, you got to respect it. If you love the music and you love heavy metal or hardcore, or everything in between, you know, that, that comes with it and it's done well. So, you know, show some respect for it. That's how I feel. Um, you said too, but, and then we'll get to the topic at hand, but you brought it up. New metal. What was your, uh, what were your new metal bands that you were into? Uh, fucking uh, Slipknot, Mushroom Head, Cold Chamber, uh this old this old like they, they were like a christian metalcore band uh like new metal band now that i actually like look back on the lyrics but this other band called revly um yeah like all of it just like uh static x was huge for me too i yes. love dude well people again like th there's a lot of bands that got big and then like you don't really realize what they did for their time until afterwards but static x is is like the that's like the mac daddy in my opinion of like awesome like new metal all the effects the simple riffs catchy parts writing songs that are like they're pop but they're not like a regular pop song and wayne static's voice before he uh, unfortunately passed like that dude's voice is like aggressive and raspy but you can understand almost every word he's doing until he's yeah. going like fast and that to me is like really crucial for like vocalists so yeah static static x is like the band the band i agree you know like for me my big new metal albums were um obviously i think uh toxicity system of a down everybody yep. and their fucking brother had three copies of that album that's like yeah. a must have believe it or not sane anger um i guess that's not we're, we're in new metal i'm thinking of the same era but like so that's not really a new metal album, but believe it or not, I did like Saint Anger. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't front on that. Um, it's got riffs. I'm not gonna. Nobody's gonna know I said that until this podcast comes <laughs> out. But it's got some riffs. I don't think it, it's got got some riffs. I liked the. I, I dude, I liked the snare. There's just too much of it. Oh God, no! It's just too loud. Just turn it down <laughs> a little bit. Like that's all. Um. I mean, for what it was like, I mean, I, th I think that you could go back and produce the album a little bit differently and it would be better, you know, yeah. um, for sure. But like, I mean, for what it was, uh, but anyway, going back to the new metal, um, my probably, probably my number one me new metal band would have been static X. Um, but Wisconsin death trip and shadow zone with me are like neck and neck. Because Shadow Zone has, yeah, yeah, dude, like, like Wisconsin Death Trip's a great album, but Shadow Zone has some seriously unsung, like, heavy fucking songs. Destroy it, all in, it, in its, 
way that that comes in, dude, and then dun, 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 dude, come on. Yeah, dude. I know. Like, <laughs> you can't do No, dude, you're my favorite person. I'm going to find you and kiss you on the cheek, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> Uh, that yeah no absolutely and like even the slower songs even the slower songs yeah. on that record hit so yeah no like static x is the band i don't care what anybody says yeah um i actually uh i even like the uh the regeneration stuff to be honest i thought it was kind of weird at first um but apparently they got all of his vocal tracks from old demo tapes that he had laid down for like ideas for songs. And they just took the, you know, the stems and turned them into whatever they have now. I thought it was weird at first, but then they have like Edsel dope singing for him and he's doing this zombie Wayne static thing. And I think that, I think that Wayne static would love that. So I think that, you know, I can't see him knocking this idea. I, okay. So like, here, here we go. You had your flex story. Now I'm gonna flex my story real yes. quick. Uh, back in the day, when when Wayne Static dropped that first that that first solo record, I think it was, I think he called it like Pig Destroyer. I think that's what he called it. Um, and he went on the road. My dad took me to go see it, and we made friends with Wayne's band. So we made friends with uh, this guy Brent, uh, this guy Ashes or Diego, and then uh, the drummer. Uh, I think I believe I believe his name was Dave. It was like Dave, like Dave Sean or Sean. Dave. I don't know those three guys. This was like fucking like over like ten years ago now. At this point, wow! I say that I really am old. Um, yeah, dog. But we made really good. <laughs> so when Wayne decided to be like, all right, fuck it, we're Static X. They did a show at the Chicago House of Blues, and that's like the like that's like the, one of the nicer venues here. And uh, they they let they guest listed us and let us come to load in as long as my dad brought them uh guitar and drum polish because we're really tight uh with this local drum company out here called trick drums so my dad and i we went there and we got a bunch of like polish and shit and we went to the house of blues we got there at like 10 in the morning and like the bus rolls in and we get to go downstairs so my, my little like 10, 12 year old self is like helping like move some of like the props and stuff. And like, it's cool. So they start doing sound check and then they're like, oh, well, we can't. They like they couldn't like find the drummer. And they were looking at me and they were like, well, do you know any of the songs? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, I know how to play push it. So they were like, all right, it's a four count. And we're going to go in. And I got to fucking play and sound check all of push it with fucking static X at the time at the house of blues before anybody fucking came in. And that to me, that I was like, dude, like I went back and I told all my friends and they're like, what's static X? I'm like, you motherfuckers just pretend you're excited. Like, just pretend you know what I'm talking about. That's so fucking cool, dude. And that's dude. like a, a heavy metal lifer was born right then. Like, oh, yeah. After that, I was like, yeah like i i'm in like this is what i want to do for the rest of my life i, I don't care you? what uh dude i think i was maybe like i think i was like like 11 or 12 years old trip Eason didn't try to hit on you or anything did he yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to cut that out <laughs> no 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 you got to leave that because that dude's a <laughs> shit fuck that guy another dude who was in the murder dolls bro that's fucked up yeah, I forgot about that actually. 
Yeah. Um, no, he was, he was not there. Thankfully. I'm glad stranger danger. Leave me alone. But, uh, and, and it's cool too. Cause like all of those guys that were in the band too have all gone to do great things like, uh, Ash, he's now the bassist for devil driver. I knew that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, Brent, Brent has his own band. Uh, he was in this band. I, I don't know if he still is, but he was in this band called like combi Christ or something like that. Okay. And then, uh, um, Dave, Dave was in, uh, he was in like blood on the dance floor for a little bit, but now he plays drums for twisted. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean that kind of makes sense. You got, Hey, you got to make money somehow. And those yeah, guys, yeah. you know, low ICP stuff, you know, they're making money. Yeah, for sure. So, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Cause, cause of the whole new metal ICP type hip hop scene. I get it. Um, you know, it's weird. It's weird that there's not more overlap between hardcore and that like ICP scene, because there's a lot of similarity, especially musically and shit. You know, like I, I, I get like why hardcore and hardcore like com- completely different, but I'm surprised that there's not like bigger bills that you haven't seen. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to just throw random bands out there, but like I, I'm just surprised I haven't seen more overlap with those kind of bands. I think I think it might be just because again, like I think it a lot of it is like the imagery, and I think it's also the fan stuff too. Because like, you know, like I, I've got nothing like really like against Juggalos. Like I don't care if you're gonna devote your life to ICP. You know, I, I give them credit. They they know what unity is because you tell a Juggalo that you're a Juggalo from wherever else. Now now your family, and that's awesome. But. Um, I don't, I don't think it meshed well. I think a lot of fights would happen. I think, I think if the hardcore kids started like moshing hard, the juggalos would probably like take it as like, why are you like beating up on everybody? I think a lot of fights would happen. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do like the mixed bill stuff. I think it's cool. You know, like, you know, one of the, one of the coolest, one of the coolest and weirdest shows I ever saw was Madball obit- and Obituary. Yeah. You know, like it, it makes sense, but it's also just kind of like two different, two completely different crowds. Oh, yeah. But stuff like that's cool because I feel like no matter what, no matter what heavy music you're into, you like other things. Even if you don't like them as much, you still dabble in other things. And that's why I, I love a good mix bill. It just has to match, you know? Yeah, I went and saw that tour that was um, Hate Breed, Obituary, Terror, someone else. I can't remember who, but... um you know, it is kind of weird, like breaking off from, um, you know, you're at terror and then obituary comes out. Oh, it was Cro-Mags too. So nice. yeah. So it was terror, Cro-Mags, obituary and hate breed. And it like, it was kind of weird, like dipping in and out of those genres. But like, if you understand the history of the scene and, and the bands that those guys were playing with way back in the day and everything it makes total sense. It's just like a bigger stage for, you know, an old school type bill that, yeah. you know, and I talk about this a lot on the show, actually, I wish that I saw more mixed bills. I'm actually really happy that there's a lot of hardcore kids playing like old school death metal now and stuff like when i see um 200 stab wounds and uh, other plethora of bands like that it makes me really happy because i know that um those bands are not only going to play with hardcore bands but like the metalhead crowds are going to get exposed to the hardcore bands and the hardcore kids are going to get exposed to other bands that they would have not otherwise seen so everybody wins i agree and i I think the other thing about it too like 
and this is this is coming from somebody who at first like when i was into metal i was a very like ignorant metalhead and uh and that's another thing in like metalhead culture like they're they're very ignorant to uh too hardcore even though like you talk you talk to them about Madball and they know about Madball or the Crow Mags or DRI and all sorts of shit like that and they know mm-hmm. about all these bands but um I, th- I think it is cool like you said how um you know you can get people you can get the older crowd into what's new and you can get the new crowd into what's old and it's it's I think mixed pills like that are like a history lesson yeah it's a history 100%. lesson I think that's a that's a really cool thing. And uh, you know, like you brought up like 200 stab wounds, like they're like they're gonna do like they, oh, what were they doing? They're they're doing like a tour with uh with like cannibal corpse for a few days. Yeah. I think they're doing another tour or like a couple dates as well with like a hardcore bill. And I'm like, yeah, like that. Like I just saw them at LDB. Mm-hmm nuts you know what i mean like yeah nuts and you know it's a uh, it's, it's bands like them and like sing with sugabak oh that's what i was thinking i'm sorry sing with sugabak how they're gonna do a few dates with cannibal corpse and then a full u.s tour with fucking uh terror and painted truth yeah what yeah i just got my N- ticket N- oh that's so sick i gotta yeah. get mine here the cool thing about the chicago date too is it's that tour and the never-ending game is on it as well no shit yeah so that's like true. i'm probably Air my other ACL. That'll be fun. Ours is, yes, dude. I'm with you there. <laughs> um, that actually, yeah, that did happen to me, unfortunately. Um, the uh, the one in Pittsburgh that I'm going to see is Terror, Pain of Truth, uh, Sanguis Sugarball. How is that? It? Am I saying it right? I don't even care. I'm just like I know what the logo <laughs> looks like, and I'm like I like that band. <laughs> um, and. Uh, it's them, Pain of Truth, Terror, and Face Rack got added to the bill, and there's someone else on there too. I can't remember who it is, but it's uh, a really good bill. Who's that? Blue Black Hans on that tour. That's right. Okay, so I'm not too into them, honestly. I don't, I don't know too much about them. Um, they, you know, they're 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 an all right band. Um, they're they're good at what they do. Obviously, with all the success they've they've had from yeah, from doing yeah. that stuff. Um, it's just not the uh, metalcore, hardcore sound that I'm. Uh, I'm a fan of. Like again, like I'm in the old school shit. So if you're like a new band that sounds old and sounds new, I'm in. Yeah, there's this like, um, it's like Kublai Khan. I I lump them in with bands like Stick to Your Guns and like stuff like bands that have the more like, I don't want to say commercial, but it's like more like studio produced, studio polished type sound to them it is what it is people like it and and it brings people out to the show i've heard a couple kublai khan songs that i get down with but i don't like put them on um yeah but uh so anyway though um interesting segue so we've been pretty much talking about a lot of the music that influenced you um how did you get into hardcore so uh i got into hardcore um this old friend of mine he showed me knock loose in the car one day and like again you know i'm i'm one of those kids i got into it first through knock loose um and is that uh, like a he, thing yeah that's like a <laughs> i feel like i feel like anybody for the most part at least with like in my circle of friends like if you're like in your like early 20s like that's how you kind of got into it because like knock loose just kind of like for uh, for me at least, like knock loose, like showed up, popped the fuck off, and it's like, oh great, now I now I'm into this entire genre of music. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, dude, knock loose uh, um did a lot for bringing people into hardcore that necessary like 
weren't necessarily involved in it or didn't know or anything like that. So big ups to them always. Um, oh. So keep going. That's that's uh, you started. You started there. So it like it like piqued my interest in it because like whenever anybody would try to show me hardcore, it was in when, when it was it was when I was in high school and I was in the metal. So like when some kid who's in the like Blink-182 and 21 Pilots is like, you should check out this hardcore band. They're so heavy, like your music. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, all right, dog, like, uh, no. And again, like that's that's coming from me being like a much more like ignorant uh, metalhead at the time, which yeah. I'll, I'll forever. Um, but uh, it wasn't until I was I was working at I still work there. Actually, there's this venue over here called Reggie's. And uh, they were like, hey, uh, it's all hands on deck for this show going on on Saturday or Friday, whatever fucking day the show was. And they're like, you have to be here. I'm like, why? They're like, blood in, blood out's playing. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? They're like, what is that? And they're like, it's one of the most like dangerous hardcore bands from the, from the scene. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, they're dangerous and they're from here. And I don't know what this is. Like, what am I missing? So it was uh, blood in, blood out and dead to fall at reggie's Ooh. yeah no like looking back on it now i'm like fuck i wish i was into it more because that that was fucking ridiculous but blood in blood out starts playing uh they're getting they're getting ready to set up and my boss is like all right i need seven guys watching the pit right now and there's usually only like two mm-hmm. at a time so uh i walk up and i'm looking at all these kids i'm like man i've never seen any of you at shows before and like even mine before nobody was moving nobody was doing shit Blood in, come, blood in, blood in, blood. Oh my fucking god, dude! Blood in, blood out. Comes on. There we go. They come on the stage and they just do like an open note, and all of a sudden, th- this entire room of like four hundred people just start fucking like killing each other. Mm. I'm talking fists, cartwheels, back kicks, drive bys. A drive by is when you run to one side of the 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 pit hit a bunch of people run to the other side and hit them. I call that a drive by yeah. and fucking it's just like all these people, young, old are just like, like destroying each other. And then they're done. And I was like, that was so fucking cool. I want to go see more of that. And then after that, just like the, the, the domino effect happened. I went and saw, I saw a uh, mad ball at this small, like 300, 300 cap room with uh, this local band called Malintent before they went on a hiatus. And uh, I saw Malintent and I was like, whoa, this band's intense. I saw Madball for the first time, like knowing the name, but never seeing them. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it was just like every fucking hardcore show I can go to. I want to go every fucking new band or old band, whatever. And then I just like engulfed myself into it and then i felt like i knew i was into hardcore when i started selling all my metal t-shirts to go buy hardcore t-shirts and i was like yep i'm in like i i I, I like traded you know over the course of a few years i was like yeah like it's like metal with with like much more substance and not fucking dead mutilated bodies and fucking the government sucks it was just like yeah this is a music genre i like feel like i can grow as a person from so i'm like i'm in like this is yeah. where i'm at that's interesting um somebody said to me not too long ago it was on one of my um shows with john torn actually but he quoted justin from most precious blood saying that hardcore uh is just or hardcore is just metal without the message and i thought that was like prolific 
You know, that's that's really something that I think, like you said, like metal is a lot of fantasy and a lot of fiction and a lot of like, you know, escapism, really. And hardcore is really when you get down to it, kind of like forcing you to. I don't want to say forcing you to face, but like forcing you to face like the, the ills of the world and the realities of the world that we don't always want to deal with or something like that. I mean, it's so matter of fact and so abrupt and so in your face and designed that way. So I think in my, in my opinion, that's the biggest differentiator between metal would definitely be that message. I, I, I have to agree. And even, even like, like even, even with the metal songs that do have like, messages of stuff like that then you like dig into the band and you're like oh you guys all like that's because you all fuck with like early hardcore bands you know what i mean like yeah you're coming from that background versus the dude who's like yeah you know like i was i was only ever into fucking black sabbath and led zeppelin so now i'm in fucking insert whatever metal band that's all about war and dragons and all that shit and i'm like it's cool it's great and i love it i still love it to this day Mm -hmm. but like you know like okay like again another i don't give a fuck how how cliche of a song it is or overplayed but like stick tight by terror yeah sure you can't tell me that that song doesn't make you want to look at your friends and hold them harder because you're like yeah i I am here where I'm at right now because of the support and the love you guys have given me. So like, I want to do that for you. You know what I mean? There's not really many, many metal songs, if any, that are like, like that, that aren't, you know, like cornball or not where that's not the main like theme of the song. No, I agree with you. There's a lot of like, um, like maybe like metal songs that are like drinking songs stuff that like you know kind of have like a like an oi feeling to it maybe or whatever like throw your arm around your buddy and sing along but i mean not quite to the level of what like hardcore brings you know it's just different it's just different like if i'm at lamb of god uh screaming now you've got something to die for with my friend you know which which is always great that's that's yeah. you know um I think I agree with you. Like if you know about hardcore and you know, you have experiences in hardcore and you've met people through it and it's done something to you as a person. Yeah. When you're at those shows, watching different bands and singing along those words, it definitely, you know, it, it definitely takes a different toll on you. I think too, there's something spiritual about it. I agree. And uh, like for, for me, like a big, a big moment, um, for me that was like really like solidified all of that was uh there's a band from here you know on shit obviously you know i feel like if you're in a hardcore you you fuck you know on shit and uh they have that song uh reality and uh death before fear mm-hmm. and like when you when you hear those songs live it it's just like it, it's just empowering and then when you see an entire room of people when you see an entire room of people who are ready to cry and then immediately ready to hit everybody in the face mm-hmm. afterwards. I feel like that there, there's just an energy. It's just like something clicks where it's just kind of like you understand that like this music, it's not just like a bunch of people playing music. It's like it's 
it's like therapy. I feel like going to hardcore shows is like going to therapy sessions in in 20 minute intervals. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get something different. And that's, you that's know, that's actually on a serious note. That's actually been brought up a ton of times on my show from different people um, because it is. I mean, and that's, you know, it's it's unconventional therapy and it's not what people are used to seeing. But I mean, I mean, you've met some probably scary or scary looking people through hardcore, you know, um, I have to ask myself if there wasn't an outlet for a lot of people that are involved and interested in hardcore, if they didn't have this outlet, you know, what outlet would they have? How would they be able to relate to the world that we live in and, and express themselves? You know, I know a lot of people that, that just definitely have, um, I don't want to say a, like a violent, temperament or whatever but you know it is what it is um and including myself when i was younger too you know like i i often wonder like would i have like gotten into fights more if i didn't have a release would i have done more stupid things than i did you know um i always saw hardcore as therapy it, it was like if there wasn't a show i mean cr fuck that's why we drove three and four hours to go to shows because it's yeah. worth it's worth that, you know. I I would say I, I would say the other side of that coin, to be honest, is as negative as it may sound. I think the other side of that is uh, I'd say suicide, honestly. Um, and and that's a that's a real sad thing to to, to think about because like, you know, I've I've had my struggles with like, I I wouldn't I, I don't want to self diagnose and say like oh I have depression I definitely have times where I'm just like feeling a lot like a lot more down mm -hmm. than somebody else like who's like actively trying to just like figure out what's going on inside of their head because that in itself is a battle I'll never like I'll never know you know what I mean like even my that it feel very like um really near and dear to my heart that fucking hurt like I I don't necessarily think that I have like depression or maybe I do and I and I'm I'm unaware of you know what I mean I've only I've seen therapists and stuff like that but like it's never been anything like uh concrete but I, I think suicide would be on the other side it would be on the other side of like people who if they that didn't find this like heavy music that got them through things because like there's been times where like I've been ready to go and I've listened to songs like reality or uh death uh death before fear and like i've been uh, there's been times like i've sat in front of my house right before like after a long day ready to go inside just doing that like quick little like <sighs> okay i'm gonna fucking take a breather before i walk inside and like mm -hmm. one of those songs will come on and then all of a sudden for some reason i'm sitting in my car like bawling my eyes out because like i just feel like shit and but then when i see that band live I, I forget that when I hear these songs, I feel like shit. I forget that like regular life is constantly kicking me in the fucking ass. I, mm -hmm. I forget that like I'm at times a bit more like I, I don't want to maybe broken or like just down than I usually am or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. I think I probably would have probably taken my own life or gone down a very like negative path in my life uh if it wasn't for again like bands in hardcore that just have something that push you forward you know that's why mm -hmm. i fuck pain of truth and the new gridiron record so heavy because like it's like it's like positivity through negativity and i think that that's something that 
people don't i think people don't know because like you meet somebody that doesn't really like that kind of music and they're just kind of like oh i like the music but i just don't like the vocals i'm like yeah if you can get past how the guy is screaming and you listen to what this dude or person or woman or whoever is screaming you'll it's much deeper than than you realize so i i i agree i I do wonder where people would be um without that type of but this type of music and i honestly i think it would be suicide or just violent violent lives i think it'd be one or the other as terrible as it is to say that's what i think man i went to therapists too and i went to shrinks and i was taking all like i was on antidepressants at one point and i was on like ativan and shit like that and like none of that stuff does anything it just doesn't do anything it's not it's not designed to do anything it's designed to numb you from doing anything you know yeah and like hardcore definitely gives you that harsh reality to face and i think it makes you a better man i think it makes you a better person i think it makes you um, I think it makes you a more compassionate person too, because you meet a variety of people through hardcore um, that you would not maybe otherwise meet. We all tend to live in our own bubbles in our own areas, and we get exposed to who we get exposed to, and forget how different the world is outside of our own bubble. And I think hardcore is a nice little uh, way to experience that for a lot of people. Um, but I don't want to I don't want to stay on this topic too long because I really uh, I want to talk about break the cycle. Um, <laughs> because i'm i'm fucking stoked on break the cycle and <laughs> thank you and i want to i want to pump break the cycle hard um but so anyway um all of the fun hardcore stuff aside um you're in a band called break the cycle um i would call break the cycle a metalcore band mm-hmm. um but a little more on the core side yeah um so uh how did this band get started so it started in the middle of the pandemic um i was uh i was going through a a real rough time in my life and uh uh i'm not gonna get too too involved with it just because like you know it's just no doubt i'm past it i'm over it um but uh my guitar player orlando i uh, i learned how to play drums and he learned how to play guitar so he was always like trying to start a band and he'd see me being in bands and we'd try and make it work, whatever. And uh pandemic hit, shit happened. And now it's kind of like, okay, like we got, we got time. You know what I mean? What, 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 what are we doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, he pulled me out of the rut and we started writing songs. And uh, I had, I had some songs that I was going to use for 18th amendment back in the day but then we were like no so i was like well i have these he's like how do you think about this and he's like okay i I fucked with these so we started writing more songs and more songs and then we brought our drummer dagan in and he was like yeah like i want to do something different from what he was doing before and then we brought our friend ace in and she's like yeah i'm down to do something different too so we were like a band for like a few months and we were like learning songs and all this shit. And then we met Ryan at a guitar center, never met him a day at like ever prior. And uh, he was like, Oh, I like your never ending game shirt. And I'm like, thanks. I like your creeping death shirt. You want to jam one day? And here we are now. And oh, yeah. now we're in a band. So that's basically like the origin of the band. It was a bunch of people who had time kind of knew each other. And we're like, all right, see what we can do. Very cool. So, um, another uh another diy situation right you guys are all in-house you record all your music you do everything yourselves yeah i uh 
we yeah basically what happens is we all write the music together i since i know how to do all the recording stuff i record the band we send it off to my friend floor who's in the death metal band corpse out in the netherlands he mixes and masters sends it back bloody fucking die there we yeah that's that's crazy so what's uh what's your background with recording how long have you been into that fuck um I didn't really know how to do much, honestly. Like the the first thing I ever like recorded myself was my death metal bands. We did a split. Um, and I was like the first time I was like kind of figuring out. So I'd like have the knob at full blast and listen back and like, okay, that's that doesn't work. Yeah. And kind of you know, at, like honestly, it was really like over the course of the pandemic, like probably like July of last year to now is when I've really started getting into recording and yeah, I'm I'm an amateur. I, I suck. I, in my opinion, I think I suck, but you're always your worst critic. So, you know, well, I understand that, too. I'm kind of on the same timeline. Like I always messed around with GarageBand. I made um, I got I had logic. I still have logic, but um, I made a lot of beats. I did a lot of, um, you know, trying to understand digital sound. I did that over COVID because we were always like analog. I mean, when my old bands would record and everything like we didn't do anything direct in or anything like that. It was always just miking the amps and the drums and everything was mic. But, um, so I kind of got acclimated to it with like through hip hop. And then like, then I went to cutting my own samples, which is really cool. Um, from vinyl. And we used to hit up our, um, flea market and grab a whole bunch of them and just like cut out as many samples as we could send beats back and forth to each other it was like a neat little thing that we were doing over COVID that kind of made us better recorders um but I think I'm kind of like in the same area as you like I'm my own worst critic like I could have something that is you know completely awesome and I'd never even know it I would just criticize the shit out of it however uh, I know you did the CMI shit and yeah that yes and it is awesome um thank you. yeah dude uh it sounds really good and um obviously i mean i love the break the cycle stuff you sent to me and all the stuff that's online and everything like that um i was completely blown away i was like i i, I to be honest with you when we started talking i had not heard of break the cycle or i didn't know who you guys were or anything like that i think that you hit me up after you listened to the episode with on yeah and i then, did i what you were doing i'd see your name online and i was like cool like i i enjoy people who want to talk about hardcore not just like being like oh, yeah, there's this new record that came out you're like no like i want to get to know like the, these people behind it i think there's oh, more yeah. to it than so like i i love seriously like i love everything you do and everything you're about so mm-hmm. i i just feel like hey i i enjoy you <laughs> thanks man no yeah no doubt and um i mean that's that's exactly what I'm trying to do is just like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of hardcore bands, like, I I mean, I'm guilty of this too. Like, I don't know a lot of people by name that were like in my favorite hardcore bands, but I know a lot of people by name that were like in my favorite rock bands and my favorite metal bands and my favorite punk bands. Why not the hardcore being like, I could be like, uh, wisdom and chains for instance you know is a is a hardcore band that a lot of people well that's maybe a bad example because everybody knows joe and richie so like you know i don't i mean okay with names (laughs) you don't you're not good with names you cut out there is that what you said yeah i'm not good with names i've seen wisdom and chains i love their music that the band is great 
can't tell you any of those guys names to save my yeah. life and i hate them. <laughs> and, that, and that's like kind of like i mean i don't know i that's that's kind of like what i want to one thing that i like to focus on is like you know i want people to know the names of the people that are in their favorite bands and stuff like that especially bands that are coming up and you know i mean i don't see it as vanity or anything like that it's their artists and they're putting hard work in i've been in a hardcore band i know how difficult it can be i mean you know playing hardcore shows or doing a hardcore tour can be just as difficult as practice with hardcore kids so you know it's definitely something that i think that people people at least need you know mentioned and and then you know who to talk to then you know who you know like we we live in this um like hardcore now is a lot bigger than it used to be but in a way it's a lot smaller than it used to be too because like a long time ago you would only find it in these city areas and certain people who knew what it was nowadays a lot of people know what it is but the circle of people who are involved in hardcore and actually make things happen is really quite small um and everybody seems in it you know it's like i even talk to random people who just like like know you or and i'm like how do you know that person it's uh perfect example is teddy from uh fever strike and he told me that yeah he hit you guys up and you got him a show and i just met teddy like a month ago but that's just dope that like i was talking to you and then it's like a full circle that's what hardcore is i met teddy a month ago too <laughs> yeah <laughs> nicest dude i mean i just had him on the show actually his uh his episode will be the one that uh airs right before yours dude yeah no like those guys are all just fucking great people shout, shout out fever strike shout out teddy um yeah they they matt anderson from uh purgatory he knows those dudes and they were like hey they're looking for a show and i was like okay let me see what I can do. And then I hit up the, the main local booking agent here, uh, Shane Merrill. He does Empire Productions. He uh, he does the Rumble, big hardcore fest out here every year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, hey, look, I got this band out here. I see you're doing that Scarhead show. If, if, if you've got room, can you can you put them on? You know, just so I don't have to do, I don't want to do a competing show. You know, I, I hate going up against other, yeah. other shows. And uh, Shane was like, yeah, I had him. I'll add him on for sure. No problem. And then a couple of days later, he's like, do you guys want to play? And I was like, fuck it. Let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. And it just made me happy that I got able, I was able to help fever strike out. So I'm talking to them too. Cause uh, I want them to come back out because all my friends like dug the fuck out of them and, you know, do a more intimate, smaller, hardcore show for them. I think their set would pop off pretty hard. Yeah. They're just groovy, right? Like they start, yeah. it's just like dance music. I mean, it just makes Shaky. you, What's that? You're shaking your ass the whole time. Dude, it's just like it just makes you feel good. Um yeah. okay, so uh so break the cycle. Um you guys are one demo and one EP in, is that right? Yeah, just one one EP, one self-titled. That's it. Okay. You didn't have like a like a first demo that you put out or anything? Nope. That's okay. it. How did your uh EP release go? That it was, was great. It was really, it was really good. Uh, all the bands killed it. Um, uh, yeah. And fucking the claim 18th amendment, vile secretion grounds, execution sector J six from long Island, D black from Detroit, purgatory shackled, uh, shout out everybody, the entire festival <laughs> basically right. is what it was. And, Dude, you've, and got uh, the, it, you've got all the heavy hitters on there. 
yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, you know, we, we kept, we were putting it together and I was like, this would be cool. Let's see what they say. And then they're like, yes. And I'm like, awesome. And then by the time I was at the end of like the confirmed bands, I was like, this is a lot of fucking people, but like it, it, it was, it was worth it. it. It was, it was so worth it. I would do it again. Um, yeah, we, we had like fucking probably like 150 people there paid and then all the band members. So it was probably like, you know, just about like 200 people. Um, and like to think too, like there was, uh, there was an angel dust show here at a different venue and the story so far at another venue, the same day. Really? So like we had like a lot of competition because I mean, hardcore kids fuck with the story so far and angel dust. So for us to still get that many people through the door with all those like big headlining bands to still be playing. I'm like, dude, that's a, that's a fucking win in my book. It was a good, good show. Yeah. I like angel dust and I, I don't really fuck with the story so far, nothing against them, but like, I probably would have went to your show too. No doubt. I mean, like you got, <laughs> you got all the, all the heavy hitters that are, that are out right now. And that's what, you know, people want to see shackles popping off and, yeah. um, you said sector. I mean, sector is mm-hmm. an insane. I know the sector out there has to be completely insane when they, you know, uh, go in purgatory. Um, any purgatory show you've ever been to is just fucking hell, death and destruction. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it was sick. It was sick, you know, um, to, to be able to play with a bunch of bands that I look up to and then that, that, first started off as like oh look at those guys in that band and now they're like our friends like that to me is just very genuine and then doing all the other bands and having my friends who've always wanted to be in bands be in bands and get to play like that to me is a very special thing because like when i see somebody who's been in the hardcore scene forever and they've never played a show and they've always bought the merch and shared the flyers for them to have their quick little chance or however long they decide to keep doing stuff to have a chance to be like, Oh, I'm playing a show for once mm-hmm. and for them to be on the other side of it. I think it's someone's like, well, you deserve to be like, you deserve your, your moment of spotlight for a little while. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like take this shit in and appreciate it. Cause in like 10 minutes, that's what you're going to look like to them, you know? Yeah, no doubt. That's, oh. that's one of my favorite parts um, about hardcore too, is when you have like a vocalist who will hand his microphone off for a verse and just let just let some fucking starry eyed kid who nobody knows just like live out his dream for 20 seconds. And yeah. like that's that's something that you'll you will not see anywhere else, you know? No. No. And that, that's why that's why I feel like just overall, again, like when it comes to like hardcore versus metal, I think that's where hardcore just they do a much I feel like hardcore just does a much better job of like band to band to fan uh interaction because at, at the end of the day like no every band owes the people that go to their shows buy their merch something because that band wouldn't be something without them so mm-hmm. the band is really like in my opinion like 50 percent of what it takes to be a big you know to be a slayer or not loose or whatever you're you're nothing without your fans so i agree with that yeah and you uh you sang with uh pain of truth right a couple times yeah yeah, and that must have been pretty insane because you're a huge Pain of Truth fan, dude. Uh, so like the f- the first time they asked me to do it was when they played they played after we did the Long Island show with them. They played Chicago with us, mm-hmm. and Michael's like, "Do you want to do L I M Y H C?" And I was like, "Uh, uh 
uh, 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 yeah, like, yeah. And uh, I just came out and I was just like, whoa, like, this is weird. Like to be like playing these songs, like to hear the band I love playing the songs I love to see a whole room of people just like destroying each other. I was like, dude, like, yeah, no, like I, I, I fangirl hard over that band just cause like painted truth, like, I don't think break the cycle would be where we're at if it wasn't for painted truth, not just on a personal level, but like on a band level, you know, us being able to play that long Island show, our third show ever was huge for us. And like, well, I'll never not be in debt to that entire band. So shout out painted truth, shout out all of them and anything they do. Cause like the, I owe my life to those guys in my opinion. Yeah, dude, I have not gotten to see pain of truth yet. I'm coming up in may here. I'm really excited to see. I mean, the bar is very high. I've watched them. Um, I've watched them on YouTube quite a few times and just one of those bands. I just haven't been at the right place at the right time to see yet. Uh, but yeah. Damn. I mean, like everything that I'm seeing from them is just like slobber knocker shows the, the albums hard. I mean, just full of, full of hard riffs um, down to the artwork. Everything is just done just it just it's a perfect package they're they're the next hate breed if they keep doing what they're doing they're going to be the next they're going to be the next band that's a gateway band for people a positive band for people and a band that's going to go down in history as like yeah this decade of time this was the hardest heaviest most influential positive band of all time i'm calling it right now all right all right it's called yo um (laughs) uh okay so what is uh in the future for break the cycle what future plans do you have so we uh we have a show uh, may 7th at this local venue called magoos and uh, our buddies in paralysis are uh, are coming out from jersey on their way to go tour with dri oh, cool. so we're gonna be playing with them uh sarin blackwater sniper and then um i feel so bad i forgot the other bands because uh the, the venue double booked and there was like a grind show and a hardcore show on the same day. So we were just like, fuck it, one show. So I, I have not dealt with those bands. Well, so we're going to do that. We're going to be in uh, Jersey June 3rd at the Litter Box with Living in Fear and uh, Minefield. And then June 10th, we're going to be here in Chicago at the Subterranean Downstairs with uh, Shackled Gates to Hell and Hold My Own. Ooh. Yeah, stacked lineup. Very, yeah, very happy. And he's so, coming to Pennsylvania. Oh, uh, so you know, it's funny. We were uh we were trying to decide if for that June 3rd show, if we wanted to hit something on the way there. So I was actually going to hit you up before we did this, yeah. but I yeah, but uh I would definitely want to see what we can do because if we can hit PA on the way to Jersey, that'd be uh that'd be fucking that'd be awesome. That'd if, be a dream. Yeah. If I can't get you a show in our area or if there's something going on or whatever, um, or if there's not something going on, like if it's like a, here's the thing about Altoona anymore. If it's a weeknight, it's going to be tough. Um, if it's a weekend, we can make it happen. Um, but hit me up, um, put that into text so I can send it to some people. And at worst comes to worst, I mean, there might be a preserving hardcore show that you can jump on out, uh, out in Pittsburgh or, you know, whatever. Um, our scene here, you know, it's a lot different than it used to be. Um, we're trying, we're trying 
to get people coming back and stuff like that. But like, you know, our venues now, our bars, parents are reluctant to send kids out to them. And, you know, you have to like, we have laws that we have to follow where like the bar has to be separate from the venue and whatever. And it's just. Through it then. Huh? What's that? You guys are going through it then, huh? It is what it is. We're a medium sized town. You know, we like back when, back when I was a teenager, dude, all the kids were like skaters and into hardcore and shit. Our hardcore shows popped off we had every fucking band coming through this area um nowadays i mean everybody just kind of grew up everybody works and has families now you know it is what it is yeah we'll, we'll get back um we're, we're working on some stuff locally to try and drive some kids out of the woodwork and i mean like anytime i see anybody with like um i don't i don't give a fuck i'll walk up to anybody but like anytime i see some like kids that like uh anywhere we're at that have like skate shirts on or whatever if they're like outside of store skateboarding or whatever i always go up to them and i'm like you know if i know a show that's going on or i tell them to check out the podcast or whatever because it's just like hey there's something that you'd probably be interested in if you gave it five minutes you know yeah like there's a lot more there's a lot cooler shit out there than just like what zoomies has on their shelf (laughs) you know it's true it is true. I, I, that that I could, yeah, I couldn't have put it better. Uh, yeah, no, I I I hope for your scene. I hope you I hope you guys pull through and figure out some stuff. Whether it's a a DIY venue or just kids finding the right band and wanting to grow the scene and all that stuff. Because like you know, the scenes only get as big as the people that are willing to put into it, and that that's something I feel like I'm I, I can't I can't speak for for any scene other than my own but there are kids in our scene where i'm just kind of like you you have to look at this more so as like what you put in is what you're gonna get you know and if you if you want your scene to be as big as like new york or even like uh the bay area you know what i mean mm-hmm. any part of california really because they're the california hardcore scene is like the entire fucking state mm-hmm. but that that comes from people wanting it to be bigger and doing what they can like asking more people to go to shows or showing yeah. more people hands and not just being like oh what's on your t-shirt i'm like check it out you might you might actually like it like mm-hmm. first time i wore a painted truth shirt my, at the house my mom's like what's that i'm like oh it's a sick ass band check it out showed her painted truth now she's a fan and has her own painted truth shirt there you go you know and yeah, now she this- wants There was this kid um, at the gym the other day and he was probably like 16 or 15 or whatever. And he was uh, on the elliptical next to me and he had this shirt on that said bronze. And I was like, yo, is that the hardcore band bronze? And he was like, oh no, this is a skate label called bronze. And I was like, oh, I was like, see you skateboard. You should check out this hardcore band called bronze. You'd probably like them more than the skateboards. (laughs) That's so cool. You know, like whatever, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I had a lot of like when, when we were growing up, um, we had a lot of people that just did that shit to me too. Like, you know, and, and if it wasn't for people like reaching out and shaking you and being like, Hey, check this out, you know, yeah. I always, um, so, uh, okay. We're going to wrap it up here on uh break the cycle, but we talked about the shows. Um, do you have any recording in progress that you're working on anything any new music any new material coming down the pike um not well 
the thing is, for, so for Break the Cycle, we've got a bunch of songs that are like pretty much done. Um, we're just trying to narrow it down to which four or five we're going to do. And we're debating on doing another EP or maybe doing like a split. Um, our big thing for, for Break the Cycle is uh, we want to we want to tour. We want to play out. You know, we we're, we love playing Chicago. We'll always play Chicago. We'll always put on. But, you know, we want to expand and see, you know, how far we could we could take this. Um, so for BTC, it's more of like narrowing it down and then hitting the studio, which we'll probably do come like September, maybe, maybe September or October. We'll hit the studio. Um, but I'm in a straight edge band called 18th Amendment with my girlfriend, my friend Jay and his girlfriend, Haley. We're going to finally put out a four song demo. And then my girlfriend and I started another band another straight edge band called the claim and uh, with our buddy Gustavo and uh, we're going about to write another like song or two, and we're going to put out a little four song demo. So just kind of doing whatever we can. That's dope. What does she play? She plays guitar. Oh, cool. Cool. Dude, she shred. Do vocals Still, too? Uh, no, she doesn't do vocals, but I'm trying to get her into doing some like backing vocals, but as long as she's comfortable, that's all that matters. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Oh man, that's a uh, like that. That could be a whole topic of discussion. Relationships in a hardcore band, I couldn't even imagine. That's got to be that's got to be un- very unique situation. We so we we played <laughs> yes, and uh, we were we were in Atlanta for that Strangle You show I was talking about earlier. And uh, my buddy Jay, his his girlfriend never played bass, never played a show until last night. She was learning the songs at like five in the morning on Friday. So he, he grabs the mic and he's like, what's up? We're 18th Amendment. This is the weirdest double date I've ever been on. And then we started our first song and it was everybody was just like, what the fuck is going on? So and then after the set, we were like, you know, now none of us can ever break up with one another. Right. Like we're all stuck here as long pretty as much. we're doing this. That's pretty awesome, though. That, hey, it is man, cool. I mean, like if you can if you can share something you love with somebody you love, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, I'm very I'm very lucky to have her. She has gotten me through a lot of shit and she's just made me a better person in a lot of ways. So to be able to do what I feel is the only thing in this world I'm good at with her, I mean, like, you know, you what go. what else asked for? Yeah, what more could you ask for? I completely agree. All right. Um Let's end on that note. That's a that's a good positive place to end this. Um, where can people find Break the Cycle? Uh, Instagram, Twitter. We don't use it. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Bandcamp, basically all streaming platforms, and uh, most recently on YouTube. South of Babylon just put out the full live set from our uh, EP release show as well. He's going to be putting out the other ones as well. So. You can find us. Check that out. Oh, it's fucking. He did such a great job. So shout out South of Babylon too. Okay. Yeah. Shout out South of Babylon. I want to check that out. I will. uh, I'll probably listen to that on the way to work tomorrow. That's it. I love, I love live recording. So that's, you know, I'm all about that. What's that? I prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I like this. um, uh, Bands are doing these like studio sessions and shit. Um, I was always a huge fan of the studio sessions, but for some reason, I love it when hardcore bands do it more. It just hits. It's, it's more personable. Dude, there's this band. Um, who was it? Dare. 
that did studio sessions like not that long ago. Yeah. And it's so good. It's just, I don't know. I, I feel like hard, hardcore is, it is about the music, but energy is probably the most important part of it. So, so to see a bunch of dudes in it and a singer singing about stuff that they actually care about, it just like, it hits different than just being in the studio. Like, all right, do it again, do it again. That one sounds like the cleanest. That's what we're going to go for. Like, no, that dirt, that rasp is what makes it like makes fucking hardcore, you know? Yeah, dude, for sure. All right. Well, hey, um, I uh, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for taking this out on a Sunday night, dude. Um, dude, thank you for having me. Like, this means this, like, like I'm going to talk to all my friends about it for the next, like, four days. Like, just got to have me on a fucking podcast. You better <laughs> listen to it and scary shit. Well, dude, people show up for Break the Cycle. When I put you guys on that music episode, I seriously, like, I was getting pounded by Break the Cycle fans. So Really? Yeah, dude. Like, people reposting you guys and tagging me in it and shit. And I was like, yo, like, there's some serious, serious hype going on around this band. So, you know, hey, you got people that love you. That's the important part. We love them even more. That 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 warms my heart. Because, again, like, we're, we're nothing without people like that. So whoever it was, thank you. And, again, whatever... You, everybody gets a kiss on the forehead so thank you <laughs>